Hi, I'm Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, and you're listening to the Patients Come First podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Patients Come First podcast. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by two guests. Bob Abbott is a war veteran who earlier this year took action when he saw a woman in medical distress. His quick response and the work of our other esteemed guest, Dr. Lee Jensen, and her colleagues at the UVA Medical Center Stroke Team helped save the life of the woman who was experiencing a stroke. Dr. Jensen specializes in neurointerventional radiology at UVA, and she too has a military background with the Virginia Air National Guard. In a moment, we're going to hear more about the event that links our two guests, but first, welcome to the show, folks. Thank you, Joanne. Before we chat about the life-saving event that brought you together, let's tell our listeners a little bit about our guests. Dr. Jensen is the Director of Interventional Neuroradiology at UVA Health System, and Dr. Jensen specializes in performing minimally invasive treatments for neurological conditions, including strokes. She also chairs the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's panel on neurological devices. Beyond that description, if you would, Dr. Jensen, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, so I was uh, born in Washington, D.C., grew up in Alexandria, did my undergraduate degree at Virginia Tech and my medical school at MCV, which is now known as VCU. I actually started out uh, doing a couple of years of neurology residency, but switched to radiology and ultimately did diagnostic neuroradiology and interventional neuroradiology fellowships, uh, the last one being at uh, UCLA in Los Angeles. Uh, during that period of time, I also joined the Virginia Air National Guard as a medical officer and spent 14 years in the Guard, uh, ultimately as a flight surgeon and uh, left the Guard as a lieutenant colonel, and I, and I miss that very much. It was a whole lot of fun. I've been at the University of Virginia since 1991. Uh, I started out as an assistant professor, worked my way up to full professor, uh, specializing in interventional neuroradiology, uh, which is, uh, as you said, um, treatment of lesions involving the brain, head, neck, and spinal cord, usually by going through the arteries or the veins. And there's been uh, quite a lot of change in stroke field in terms of treatments that we can do by going through the arteries, uh, particularly in the last uh, 10 years. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, sort of stroke recognition and treatment for the lay people out there in case they encounter a situation like Bob did. But before we get to Bob, one other question just about yourself. If I were speaking to your closest friend and asked them to tell me what your guilty pleasure is, Dr. Jensen, what would that person say? Chocolate. <laughs> don't, don't we all love chocolate? And now for Captain Bob Abbott. He's a former Air Force intelligence officer and a linguist, and he's the host of the Coming Home Well podcast that focuses on veterans' issues. That's one of our shameless plugs for this episode. Bob, if you would, please tell people what else they should know about you. Certainly. I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. I enlisted in the Air Force in 99 as a linguist. I spoke multiple languages, so they decided to send me to NSA because, you know, no sense in sending me to another country when I can already speak the language. I ended up becoming an officer, and I taught at the intelligence school for several years, and the Air Force never sent me anywhere, so I got out, became a contractor for the Army, and they sent me to Afghanistan twice. I got blown up in 2010, so I now have a TBI and complex PTSD and should probably be a patient of Dr. Jensen's because of memory challenges, but uh, due to some personal challenges and issues, my battle buddy challenged me to start this radio show, Coming Home Well, in order to help other veterans 
by educating the veterans' family members and their friends about how we think, because we all think a little bit different. And I've been doing that now for three years and can't quit. And where can our listeners find the Coming Home Well podcast, either online or elsewhere? Wherever they get their podcasts, they just need to search for Coming Home Well. They can also go to cominghomewell.com, and they can also reach me that way if they have a veteran that needs help or assistance. We have quite the Rolodex of organizations that can assist, as well as a second podcast, another shameless plug, Jillian. We have rolled out a new podcast called Heroes That Help that focuses on the organizations that many people don't know about that are working in the background, helping veterans reassimilate to our our culture and our society here. And that way, civilians can decide to help out or participate with those organizations that they can align with. Well, thank you for sharing that information. And just for the benefit of our audience, we are recording this in mid-November, right after Veterans Day. So thank you to both of you for your service to this nation. Thank you. So the reason we invited you both to appear on the Patients Come First podcast is an event that happened earlier this year in the Charlottesville area. It involved a grandmother who was visiting a pet adoption shelter with her grandson. The woman collapsed, and Bob, you jumped into action. So from there, if you would, tell us what you recall from that day and what compelled you to get involved. Certainly. I was actually over at the shelter because that morning, it was the Memorial Day weekend Saturday, and that morning a caller had called in to donate basically the funds needed for a vet to adopt a dog for free. So I had driven over to the shelter to drop that information off, and I saw a um, woman about my age sitting with the dog, and she called out, Mom, I'm over here. And I saw uh, uh, the, the patient, the grandmother with her grandson, and she staggered and stumbled. And as I ran up to her, I saw half her face was, um, I don't know the technical science word, it was slack. And when I looked at her, my first thought was, she's having a stroke. And I said, ma'am, I, are you okay? And, and she said, yeah, I think I'm okay. I said, ma'am, you're having a stroke. Um, of course, in the military, we're trained with all these acronyms, and FAST was the one that, that I've had drilled into my head. And as soon as I saw the face, I, I saw her arm kind of hanging limp. The speech was screwed up, and I knew then it was just a matter of time. So I, I held on to her. Her daughter came up and, and held on to her, and then my next thought was activate EMS, and I ran into the SPCA while dialing 911. And thankfully, one of the volunteers at the SPCA was also an ER nurse. And she ran out and she was able to take over triage while I was able to uh, get the uh, ambulance, the, the truck on the way, and then ultimately vector them into where the patient was and give the critical information when the paramedics got out of the bus. Well, that was quick thinking on your part and sounds like a credit to your military training. And from there, I think, Dr. Jensen, you can help pick up the story this this patient was transported to UVA by ambulance, and that's when the Stroke Center team got involved. Dr. Jensen, what happened from then on in terms of treatment? So uh, what happens uh, at that point in time is uh, usually the EMS system will call into the hospital and say, we are bringing in a patient that we think has a stroke. And because UVA is a comprehensive stroke center, we have teams available in hospital 24-7, 365, to see those patients immediately. So the stroke team was activated and met the patient in the emergency department. And 
quickly evaluated them. And indeed, uh, everything that Bob just said was absolutely correct about her clinical findings. And uh, we actually give the patients a score based upon those findings. And her score was 16, which is a moderate to severe stroke. Um, but one thing we don't know is we don't know what's causing the stroke. And it could be from a blood clot blocking an artery, but it could also be from a bleed into the brain. So the patient is then taken very quickly to the CT scanner uh, and has a CT scan of the head, which shows that there's no blood. And then they get a special study that we call a rapid study. And this is a special type of CT angiogram where the patient gets an injection into their arm of contrast and it outlines the blood vessels in the patient's brain and you can see exactly where the clot is. In this particular patient, the clot was in the right middle cerebral artery and the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body, which is why she had a droopy face and weak arm on the left. But we also got some more information uh, called a perfusion study. And what that does is it tells us how much brain is currently at risk of becoming dead and how much brain is actually already probably not salvageable. And so if a patient has a large amount of brain that is at risk but can be saved um, compared to what can't be saved, then that patient is a candidate for uh, actually having a thrombectomy, which is where we go and pull the clot out. Now, there are two ways uh, of treating stroke. Uh, one is with the clot-busting drug that is given through the arm, and the other is my way, pulling the clot out of the vessel. But because of Bob's very quick action, this patient got to the hospital so quickly, she was a candidate for both treatments, and so she ended up getting both treatments. And I think that is what uh, led to her having the best possible outcome, which is basically returning to normal. After the CTA is performed and you see the clot, then we take the patient immediately to the angio suite, which is where the actual thrombectomy is performed. Well, that and also uh, the great work of your team, and I know that your team actually recognized Bob uh, with the lightning bolt symbol of the stroke team in recognition of, of his fast thinking. So great work to both of you. Dr. Jensen, one more question for you. Uh, for someone who's listening to this, and, and thank you for sharing that medical background, uh, that, as Bob called it, that science-y talk, um, for, <laughs> for, for someone who's listening to this, uh, what are the important takeaways? Obviously, Bob, because of his military training, recognized um, some of the, the physical manifestations or symptoms here. Uh, but what tips, Bob referenced the FAST acronym, what tips should uh, a member of the general public take away from this uh, to perhaps get involved the way Bob did or to recognize someone who's in distress? Sure. So um, Bob's absolutely right. Everybody should learn fast, but we should also add the word B to it, B-E. The reason for that is because the fast, F, the face, arm, speech, and then T is for time, and that means time to call 911, works very well for people who have clots in the middle cerebral artery like this patient. But sometimes clots go to the back part of the brain, and those patients will experience different symptoms that sometimes people overlook. So the BE is for balance and eyes. 
So if a patient says, if their loved one says, I feel dizzy I, and they vomit or they, they can't walk straight, they're stumbling around, and if they complain of visual loss, either in both eyes, one eye, or double vision, those are also signs of stroke. So first thing is recognition. The second thing is time, and I think one of the great things that Bob demonstrated was that he recognized it and he did something about it immediately. There are a lot of people that are in denial. Nobody wants to have a stroke. And one of the things that we see is family members saying, oh, let's let our loved ones sleep it off. The faster you get the patient to the hospital, the greater the chance of them being able to have one of the treatments that we discussed. The treatments are time limited for the clot busting drug. You've got anywhere between three to four and a half hours, depending upon the patient's medical history. For pulling clot out, depending upon certain patients and the findings on the imaging, you may go out to 24 hours, but we don't want people thinking that you can wait a few hours and then bring the patient in. You are much like more likely to have a good outcome the faster you're treated. Well, that's great advice, and, and thank you for sharing that. We're going to close this episode of the podcast with a question that we like to pose to all of our guests, and it's a question that we borrow from a popular BBC program. I'll pose this to you first, Bob. If you were stranded on a deserted island... What book and what album would you take with you? And we will spot you a copy of the Bible. So other than, than the Bible, what one book and one, one record would you take with you? Well, the album would absolutely be Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Because you have to test the acoustics on the island, and that's the best <laughs> album ever that exists. I, I'm a huge fan of Rush, but but that album is probably the best. As for a book, I don't even know if it's out there, but it would have to be a book about patients if I'm on an island all by myself. Not your patients in the hospital world, but patients as in waiting for the ship to arrive. <laughs> and what about you, Dr. Jensen? Same question. Oh my gosh, I have never even thought about that, <laughs> quite frankly. I would have to say I would probably, since I'm on an island, go with a really good long mystery novel or Stephen King. Believe it or not, I'm a big Stephen King fan. <laughs> Maybe that, which, not what you want to read if you're by yourself. And quite frankly, for music, any album by Josh Groban. You raise me up so I can stand on my Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Patients Come First podcast. We thank both of you for making some time in your busy schedules to be with us. And also thank you for, Bob, your quick thinking and intervention to help a patient and Dr. Jensen for the work that you're doing with the UVA Stroke team on a daily basis. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
That's going to do it for today's episode of the Patients Come First podcast. You can find new episodes as they become available at www.vhha.com. You can also find episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud. We also encourage you to engage with us on social media, including Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to send us comments, questions, or feedback for the podcast, you can do that through our Twitter account at VirginiaHHA using the hashtag PatientsComeFirst. Thanks. Thanks.